Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Sands Podcast, a Belly Up Sports Media Podcast. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dave from the new Era Sands Podcast. With me this week is Eric Samson and Eric Samson only. Phil is not feeling great. He says he's got a frog in his throat, whatever the hell that means. Um, we're going to start off really quick just uh, talking about Eric's puppy. If that's okay with you, Eric, are you okay with that? Sure. Eric's puppy, who's just a few months old, broke a leg. She so, did. So now, now they're going through a hefty vet bill. And um, when we post this episode, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a um, what do you call that? What do you call those that website there again? Like GoFundMe. We're gonna have a GoFundMe link. And any donation helps. It is a hefty, hefty bill. And people who own dogs or any pets like I do fully understand how much a pet bill can cost, especially when shit goes wrong. So hopefully your puppy heals up. What's your puppy's name again? Her name is Nova. Nova. Hopefully Nova heals up quick. Hopefully we can get some money into this uh, into this account so that we can help you pay for that. Um, so we'll post a link on with the episode. I'll post it on my personal account. Eric will post on his. Phil will post it on his as well. So hopefully we get some help. But back to hockey, or let's start with some hockey. Uh, first things first, Matthew Joseph. Now, at the beginning of the season, he was the obvious guy to get the boot, to get traded, to be able to sign Shane Pinto. I really don't think that's the case anymore. He's really come in. He solidified his role. Um, do you think he's still the guy that they should trade? Uh, he's 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 putting the team in in a very hard spot for this Pinto contract. Um, and for well, I guess fortunately for him, I I. I think he does end up staying. Um, he's his play is is just too good as of late to give that up, um, which is a little ironic because when the talks started, he he seemed to be the lone head of like you're getting traded and like that's that. But now it's and I'm leaning towards probably somebody else now. Yeah, he was definitely at the top of the of the rumor mill when it came to being the guy getting traded. But what's really nice is that 
he's come in on the offensive side and he's really solidified himself, but he hasn't sacrificed any of his defensive play because he's solid defensively. He always Absolutely. has been. Uh, it's it's been amazing to watch. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go first. Who do you think should be the obvious guy now going out the door so that we can sign Pinto when Pinto's ready to come? <laughs> It breaks my heart to say this. It really does because I'm I'm a fan of both of these guys, but uh, unfortunately, I th- I think it's gonna be Branny or Kubalik. Um, Branny is Branny is a very versatile defender. He 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 can slot up if if you need him or slot down. It it, it doesn't really matter where. He, he goes, um, but the team has enough defensive depth that I I could unfortunately see him be moved. Um, as of Kubalik, he's he has come in to his own a little groove lately. He he has, I I guess you could say, found himself. The first little bit with the team was I'll say a little rough, but he's, he's, his play has picked up a fair amount. So it's, in my opinion, it's probably a toss up between those two. Yeah. Those are, that's fair points. And honestly, you kind of, you kind of just went through exactly what I was going to say. So (laughs) screw you, but I'll, I'll I'll re-say it all, but differently. So I I also think branch is going to be the guy to go. And that's because I think Clevin is ready. I really do. And a lot of people are like, well, you leave Clevin in the AHL, you know, let him develop down there, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> like if he comes in in a, in a third role, you're just going to slow him down. He's not going to play enough minutes, which I think is false because you put him on a third pairing. You alleviate more minutes off the first top two pairing, which both can afford to shed a couple of minutes a game. So and I think Clevin, like I said, is, is damn well ready to play in the NHL. Uh, mm-hmm. Kubalik was also probably one of the guys that I thought about as well. And it's it's one of those is he is he what we think he is is he who he is right now or is he just having a good little streak right the difference True. between Kubalik and Joseph is we've seen Joseph before he had a bad season and he's just back to who he was Kubalik is his first year with us we don't know if this is the Kubalik that we're going to get all the time or you know on a more consistent basis at least or if the Kubalik that we had at the beginning of the season is the Kubalik we have. Um, I know a lot of people are like, well, you got to get used to your system and your team. And that's kind of what happened with Kubalik. So at the end of the day, I'm kind of in the same boat where Kubalik branched them. One way or another, I'm going to be fucking disappointed because I really like both players. There's exactly. really Matthew Joseph is a dick because this is his fault that we have to make this choice <laughs> because he's gotten so damn good. He's gotten so damn good. Yeah, I agree. So, oh, man. Uh, speaking of Joseph, Joseph, Stesla, and G. They have been, as of at least the last three games, in my opinion, the best line for Ottawa. They've been mm-hmm. killing it. And, and I mean, people are like, well, Sisla's having an offseason. You know what? Goal-wise, he is, but points-wise, he's not. Giroud's just Giroud. He's doing what he does, and he's just a master at what he does. And Joseph's really fit in really well with them. What's your opinion on the line? Do you think they've been the best line on the team? Do you think uh, they should stick to that line until there's a reason not to? I do actually. Um, they've, I'm, as of the mindset of, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, the 
the line is gelling right now, so there's really no reason to break it up. So if they get to a point where they're they're just not doing it anymore, fine. We can, we can tinker around then. But right now, just there's there's too much chemistry to break it up. I just don't see a point right now. Agreed. We're gonna have so many tough decisions coming down the line, man. That Pinto suspension sucks, but at the same time, it's such a blessing. But it's things are gonna suck, you know, decision wise. You're coming up. Um, Sweden trip. We are releasing this on November fifteenth. Game one is tomorrow versus Detroit. Uh, what is? We're gonna ask you kind of two and one questions. A. What is your expectations in the two games as far as points wise goes? And B. What is what is realistically you think gonna happen? Like, what do you what do you like? What do you think is actually gonna happen? But what's your expectations? So what I think is gonna happen is I I think they're gonna beat Detroit, but as of the whole mini game, like I I don't know Minnesota is a really good team. And Minnesota, I mean, if they decide to play Gustafson. Like Ottawa doesn't have a good record against f- former Sens goalies. No, but Gus is playing like shit this year, though. Yeah, but you know. But I see it, your point, though. <laughs> I see your point, though. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it just makes me a little worried. But the way I see it, Detroit is definitely beatable. Uh, we. We've done it before. We can beat them again. Um, I, I could see it as kind of a bit of a, a revenge game for the last one because that was fucking brutal. Yeah. Uh, um, but in my opinion, they you cannot come out of Sweden winless. You you have to get at least one, or it's it's just a, a blowout. But Fun fact, in Sen's record in Sweden, they they actually have a very good record. They don't lose many games in Sweden, so I'm not overly worried. Yeah, I don't know what their record is, but you're absolutely correct. I remember when they go to Sweden, they do good. It's when they get back from Sweden, that shit hits the fucking fan every time. Yes. By the way, that's the third fuck, which makes our podcast officially, this episode, an explicit episode. (laughs) <laughs> should i cheer for that <laughs> but uh I'm, I'm kind of in the same mentality i think i think um detroit has not been as hot as they were at the start of the season they've mm-hmm. slowed down they've become just a normal nhl team um much like you said i think they're very much beatable uh and i think we will beat them <clears throat> minnesota i think it'll be uh if they play gus it'll be a, a goaltending a goaltending game and it's whoever's goaltender is better. I mean, it's going to sound common sense, but you know, usually whatever team has a better goaltender wins, mm-hmm. but it's not always, it's not always like that. Cause sometimes you have the better goaltender, but you're getting peppered. You know what I mean? And like a bunch of shit goes in. It's not always about the better goaltender, but no, I, I think it's going to be about the goaltenders. <coughs> Excuse me guys. And I think, um, I think Ottawa can come out with four points, but I'm expecting them to come out with two. If they come out with none, I 100% expect a brand new coach here within the next two weeks. Um, you you can't come out of Sweden with zero points. No, you really can't. Uh, and and 
I won't take any of those moral victories where the guys worked hard and all that other bullshit. It's, I mean, two points is is minimum, and I'm still not happy. If you come out with three, I'm happy. If you come out with four, I'm extremely happy. Exactly. Absolutely. So, um, which one of the two games are you most excited to? Like, which one do you think is gonna gonna be the best game to watch? Honestly, I, th- I think offense wise, I think. Believe it or not, I th- I think offense wise, it'll be Detroit. I th- I th- think Detroit is going to be a more high octane game. Oh yeah, um, lots of beef, lots of beef. Yes, <laughs> I th- I think like we don't have much of of a hit history with Mini, so I I think that that'll honestly just be like a regular hockey game. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um. The Detroit game is at noon uh, Mountain Time, and the Minnesota game, which is on Thursday, and the Minnesota game is at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Um, for those who don't know, we both live in Alberta, so we go by Mountain Time. Yeah. Are you going to be able to watch the Thursday game at noon? No. Unfortunately, I do have t- to work. My boss is an Oilers fan, so I know he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I am going to... I'm going to watch this in my office. I'm 100% going to watch this in my office. I like it. <laughs> what about the Saturday morning? What about the Saturday morning game? Are you going to wake up early to watch it? Or are you, you up by can, that time? You can bet I'm going to be watching it 100%. I, uh, I have a four-year-old turning five. So if I'm sleeping at 9 a.m., that's sleeping in. Uh, <laughs> so I, mean, I, I have such a crazy day on Saturday packed up, man. I got three kids' birthday parties. I got a Christmas thing that I'm going to. Then I'm dropping my kid off at West Edmonton Mall. Uh, for those who don't live in Edmonton, don't ever go to West Edmonton Mall. I swear to God, it's a tourist attraction, but you you won't like it. It's it's hell on earth. It really is. I hate that place. I've it, been there like five times. It takes you like, what, like two days to get through the whole damn thing? Oh, 100%. And if you're there on a weekend, it takes you like probably 20 minutes just to get from one section of the mall to the other because it's so busy and it drives me nuts. Um, I don't know if, like, if you've ever been there, but like for those who yeah. don't know, there's a full-size NHL rink in the middle of the damn mall. I didn't it's, know it, it was NHL size. Yeah, man, it's, it's, I'm 99.9% sure. I might be talking shit, but I'm <laughs> pretty sure it's 200 feet, man. Like It's a full-size NHL rink. So, wow, impressive. But, so, All right, moving on. Back to some hockey stuff here. Um, One of the things that always drives me nuts is when you have two little days between games or too many games, you know, piled up into, you know, just a, like a week, for example, when you're playing four or five games or when you have too much time off, Ottawa has been cursed with having too many days off. I do not believe rest is a weapon, especially this early in the season. Do you think having too many days off has put in, has had an impact on their game and their slumpish starts, which has been a huge problem lately? I absolutely do. If it's it's just like if you get a groove going and then you, you get too many days off, you might as well say that you you didn't have a groove to begin with because is that chemistry and momentum you had is likely going to be gone and you're going to have to start from scratch, which just kills every, everything. I know. I, I feel like somehow every season, Ottawa gets screwed schedule wise, one way or another. They're like, "Hey, you guys are gonna go to Sweden and do this absolutely amazing thing," and da da da. But yet you're gonna be fucked 
for the rest of the season because we didn't have many games before this. We're gonna have a jam-packed second half of the of the year, man. It's gonna be crazy. So I think too much rest is kind of has been a thorn in our side uh, since the start of the season. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to more hockey. Personally, as I a agree. Fan, yeah, I, I prefer that. And I, I hate waiting four days between games, which has happened quite a few times lately, and it pisses me off. But c'est la vie for my French people. Um, so the Edmonton Oilers fired Woodcroft, their uh, their head coach. Um, he was a really good coach for Edmonton. I think he's like winning percentage had like the highest winning percentage uh, for a coach after like three years or something in history or something. But uh, either way, and then they also hired Pavel Burry as a, as a defensive coach. So my question to you is this, if Woodcroft is gone, a coach who's been proven to have a winning record with a team, how far behind is DJ Smith? How short is his leash? In my opinion, he, he should be gone by now. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'm, uh, I'm sorry, but I DJ has ran his time in Ottawa, in my opinion. Um, if I was Theo's right now, I'd I'd be getting on the phone to to cropped ASAP because you don't usually get a coach with that kind of a record just. Like they don't come around very much, and yeah. I I had actually watched an interview from uh, McDavid, and McDavid had had said that oh, Woodcroft didn't lose the room, because there was no issues, nobody was like dismissing him. So the I'm I'm a little confused as to why it happened, but I would absolutely welcome him in to the sense i honestly man it's another one of the things i said was um <clears throat> pittsburgh by their standards mike sullivan is not doing very good either and there hasn't been any rumors about mike sullivan getting fired but i said if mike sullivan does get fired because he's on a hot seat for sure i wouldn't mind woodcroft or sullivan and a lot of people disagree with the sullivan thing because they're like oh he's a whiny little bitch and stuff yeah but you know what he's won he has won with a young core team he knows how to how to how to play and how to coach when you have a young team like Ottawa does, and he's proven it already. And same with Woodcroft. Woodcroft, I mean, he's done really good with Edmonton. Like this year is one of those years where there's a lot of good teams that are not playing well, and it's just I it's such a fucked up year. And there's teams that are not supposed to do well that are doing really well this year. Mm-hmm. It's like Twilight Zone hockey season. It's it's messed up. Like Edmonton's supposed to be a contender. And like you just fired their head coach like 13 games in. Like I, yeah. I get it. If you're gonna do it, do it early. But I think Woodcroft's track record at Edmonton should have earned him a longer leash than than this. At least a longer leash than what DJ Smith has. I think DJ Smith, I don't think he he's really got a leash. I think right now he's got a collar on, and Steos is grabbing him by his collar. And he's <laughs> just like, just just fuck up, just wait and see what happens. So, yeah, I agree. There's and- I don't get it. I think there's going to be some changes coming if things don't get uh, things don't get better very fast. <sighs> um, Corpus Allo, man. So Corpus Allo, you allowed three goals against the Leafs, but the Leafs had a lot of scoring chances, and Corpus Allo 
only let one goal in against the Flames, and he looked really good, and he was peppered quite a bit too. Not too many shots against Calgary, but some really good chances. And I think Corpus Allo has been really good as of late. Um, do you think... I know Forsberg is Swedish, but are you thinking what's best for the team win-wise? Are you thinking we're going to Sweden, we should let the Swedish goalie go in first? What, what's your... or? or you know, if Corpus Allo plays game one and wins, does he play both games? Or if he loses, you know, Forsberg obviously goes into game two. Or do you start Forsberg in game one and see how he does? I, What's your take there on the goalies for Sweden? See, that's, that's a bit of a tough one because I'm of the mind that you absolutely have to play both goalies. You have to give Forsberg a start in Sweden. I mean, he's he's from there, right? Yes. So, like, it's it, it just wouldn't feel right to not let him play in his home country. Um, yeah. But as of who gets what game, I, I I don't know. I honestly don't know. I th- flip flip a coin. I, th- I think I, I give Corpus Allo at Detroit and Forsberg mini. I was just going to say, I would give Corpy Detroit and see how he does uh, if he wins and convincingly. I'm sorry. Like, I love Forzy. I do. But at the end of the day, we're trying to win and we need the points really yeah. bad right now. And uh, even Sogi, they, they brought Sogar to Sweden with them too as a third string, right? So this, you got another Swede back there, you know, just kind of waiting yeah. to play. <laughs> so, but I think, I think it should be about winning and. At the end of the day, you kiss Forsberg's ass, you apologize, you do what you can to make him happy about it. You know, you, you send him off, you make him the face of the team while he's out there, stuff like that. But uh, for me, it's it's you start Corpy. If he wins and he looks good, you start him in both games. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I could see where you're going with it. Yeah, it's again, it's a tough, it's a tough spot. Um, so were you in the mindset at the beginning of the season that Ottawa was for sure making the playoffs, or were you still undecided? How are you feeling at the beginning of the season, and how are you feeling right now compared to you know, what your thought was back then? So when the season started, I was probably a good 85 to 90% sure that Ottawa was making the playoffs. Um, but with how poorly they started the year and how many just ups and downs there are, I Honestly, his team is so unpredictable that I I just I don't know right now. I don't. Here, here's what I think: if Ottawa comes out of Sweden with at least one of the two wins, Ottawa makes the playoffs. I think Ottawa gains some confidence, and I I honestly I think I think Ottawa is going to I think Ottawa is going to scrap the shit out of Detroit. Oh, I, 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 so. I I I honestly I put that I almost give that an automatic two points. It's a gut feeling. Eric, how many times have I... I don't say it often, Eric. <laughs> I do not say it often, but every time I've told you it's a gut feeling, have I not been correct every single time? I'll give you that. Yeah, you have. I've literally swung and hit each time, and I, I very rarely do I say I get a gut feeling. I just have a gut feeling they're going to smack the shit out of Detroit, and then Minnesota, to me, is up in the air, so that's just kind of where I'm at. I, I definitely hope you're right with that one. I really do. Now, this is uh, this is something that 
a guy at work brought up today where he's like, you know, Giroud is getting up there in age. Like he's, he's, he's getting old. He's got the rest of the season. And then he's got one more season left on, uh, on his contract. Now, Claude Giroux is like, obviously he's not what he used to be, but he's not really showing any major signs of slowing down. He's 35. He's going to be 36 in January. If Giroux is still playing at, say, 75% of where he's at by the end of next season, and he says, you know what? I'm I'm going to be 37, but I got another year in me. Do you think, do you think Ottawa should re-sign Giroux for an extra year and play him until he's essentially going to be 37 turning 38? It depends what he wants for contract, in my opinion. But if if he's willing to take a deal and he still has it in him to be able to play how I'd, I'd even let him play. Well, see, it's, it, it, it's hard because if, if he declines, you, you could even play him on the th- third line, but he's, he definitely does have the capability to k- keep going. And, I th- I think his strength and conditioning coach or just his his training coach in general had had said that he's he's in in the best shape he's ever been in. So if if he can maintain that in into like next season or the season after that, I mean I I definitely consider it. Why not? Yeah, um, I'm not gonna say a mutual friend. So. A friend of mine who is friends with one of Giroud's really good friends. So it kind of sounds like my girlfriend's boyfriend's cousin's auntie's <laughs> uncle thing. Uh, but what he said was the best joke I've heard. He said, uh, he's like, shit, did you know that Claude Giroud had a blood transfusion? I was like, what? I said, for what? I said, for what? He said, yeah. He's like, uh, we got some of the Hulk's blood in him. <laughs> that, makes, that makes sense, I guess, right? So, but I, I honestly, I, I want to see Giroud if he's still even at 70% capacity. I want to see him for at least one more year after as well, too. Like you said, plan a third line with Pinto because mm-hmm. he could really help Pinto in the faceoff circle and mentor them. And I don't think, I don't think Giroud's like his stats faceoff wise are going to drop very much in two years. Like yeah. his, he's such a good faceoff man. At the very least, you know, he could be the guy that's taking offensive zone faceoffs, uh, you know, stuff like that and mentoring. Like you said, if, if he's still like even 70% of what he is now and he's not looking to get another 6.5. So if he's like, yeah, I'll do one year, we'll go four, 4.5. Well, in two years, the salary cap's going to go up. I can live with four, 4.5, depending where he's at. So it's just, mm-hmm. uh, just something somebody brought up at work today. They're, they pretty much said, uh, Claude Giroux must be drinking from the same fountain that Joe Pavelski's drinking from. Cause these are guys that just don't look like they're stopping anytime soon. No, absolutely so. not. All right, well, that's a shorty. That's a shorty episode. We kept it under 30 minutes. I'm very proud. Um, once again, we are going to have a GoFundMe link for Eric's puppy, Nova, on this episode, on Eric's page, on my page. Very important that we try and support. Um, I think his GoFundMe page is going to have the vet bill or something. And, yeah, uh, it will. You know, try, try not to freak out when you guys see it because I thought it was absolutely insane. It was, an, it was more when expensive. I- I could buy a car for that. When I found out the price, I I cried. It, it's it is definitely not a good a good 
price to pay, but for a five month old dog, I'm, I mean, I, she's, she's just entering her life. I, I can't take her, her life away from her. So I, I had to do it. I could not be more proud of you, dude, because like we have two dogs ourselves and the dogs are like family. Right. And it's like, if, if your child broke his leg, would you drop him off at an orphanage? No. No. I mean, yes, in Canada, you get his leg fixed for free, but same concept. You're just dogs are family. And that's just kind of how that is. It's going to suck financially. So let's hopefully we can get you some, some, you know, some money, something to help alleviate that insane fucking bill that you got. So anything helps really. It does. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. You can find Eric on Twitter at EricSamson93. You can find me at JD underscore Hockey Talks. You can find the slacker Phil at PLAL. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, everybody, for tuning in.